I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to The Sleep Pod, the podcast where the stories are occasionally high-concept but always low stakes. My name is James and I'm here to make up a boring, drama-free and mildly amusing story to help set you up for a long and restful sleep. There's no preamble this week, no long introduction before I start talking and telling a story, and there's no bits of facts or trivia that I feel the need to inform you of before I get down to the nitty-gritty of making up a lightly daft tale. The thing is, though, that this podcast is supposed to be boring. This bit is supposed to set the tone, and it's supposed to be a bit rambling. So, rushing things also doesn't feel like the right thing to do either. Luckily, this time that I have just spent talking now, has seemed to fill the brief, so... problem averted. For this episode's story, the word of inspiration that I'll be using as a jumping-off point for the improvised tale was sent to me using a highly suspicious computer glitch. No matter what I typed in my browser, the screen would only display one plain text word over and over again. And that word was gravy. So get yourself comfortable. Ensure that your slippers are stored in an easily accessible location. Surround yourself in blackout curtains. Get as horizontal as possible. And I'll begin with this episode's story. Gravy. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. What is that smell? whispered Rachel. Mara turned to Rachel and lightly tapped her on the arm and said, Shush. It's okay for a minute, said Rachel. The film's not started, and plenty of other people in this cinema are also talking. Mara sighed. Yes, I suppose you're right, she said. What was it you said? Rachel looked surprised. Like she was surprised that she had to point out the smell to Mara. The smell, she said. Can't you smell it? Mara sat and took a deep breath. At first, all she could smell was popcorn, hot dogs, the slight lingering of various people's aftershaves and perfumes, nacho cheese, and the general smell that all cinemas develop over years of use. But then, the smell hit her. It was quite subtle at first, like the smell equivalent of a whisper. But once she first smelt it, she was able to lock on to the scent Mara's brow furrowed. Ooh, said Mara. Gravy. Yes, said Rachel. 
It's a very strange aroma to experience in a cinema. Hmm, said Mara. You're right. It's almost putting me off eating my popcorn. Rachel gave her a look that no doubt she'd given her many, many times. And then Mara shrugged, dipped her hand into the large bucket of popcorn that was resting on her lap, grabbed a handful, and then deposited its contents into her mouth. Rachel smirked. And then Mara smirked. Which she could only just about manage due to having a mouth full of popcorn. Well, said Rachel, hopefully the smell doesn't get any worse or move closer or somehow become more smelly, as I'm worried that it will put me off my enjoyment of this motion picture that we are here to watch. Mara nodded after swallowing and then said, I agree, it is not a nice smell. Don't get me wrong, I quite like gravy, but there's a time and a place for it. And neither the time or the place is in a cinema during a showing of Fast Car Driving Team 8. They both nodded as the lights in the cinema began to dim and everybody's attention was drawn to the screen as the movie began. The movie was just exactly the kind of thing that you would expect for the eighth installment in the Fast Car Driving Team franchise. The cars were fast, the team argued and bantered before ultimately all coming back together to do a really good job at driving fast during the movie's climax. The special effects budget seemed to be significantly higher than the last few entries in the film series. Mara had wondered if this was due to the rumors that this would be the final film of the franchise and that all of the regular cast members who by this point were executive producers on the film had made sure that if this was the last one then they would go out with a bang and there were a lot of bangs in the film there were many explosions, many impressive stunts, few scenes where there was questionable use of green screen and computer graphics 
But there was a very exciting twist at the end that nobody had seen coming. For one hour and 58 minutes, Rachel and Mara were engrossed by the movie. And once the credits started to roll, they turned to each other with big grins on their faces. Wow, said Mara. That was pretty good. Yes, said Rachel. That was almost as good as the first one. They talked like this for a while, going into detail about all of the ins and outs of the film that they had just watched. Pointing out all the tiny little references and callbacks to previous things that had happened in the series. But after a while, Rachel said, I'm sorry, but I think we should probably leave now. Yes, said Mara. I agree, and I know exactly what you're talking about. That smell of gravy has just stayed here for the entire duration of the film. Yes, said Rachel. I'm worried that after leaving the cinema, I will smell of gravy, and I won't be able to smell anything that is not gravy. Same, said Mara. But they both stood up, picked up all their belongings, and their empty drinks, cups, and popcorn tubs, and sidestepped along the aisle of chairs, and then left the cinema. Philip Lunge sighed. It wasn't his fault that he smelt of gravy. He wasn't even sure why he smelt of gravy. It seemed such a niche and specific aroma to smell of. But there must be some real reason why That was the smell that he emanated. Unfortunately for Philip, he couldn't go and ask a doctor or a dermatologist or some kind of scent scientist why he smelt of gravy. Because unfortunately for Philip Lunge, he was a ghost. And no matter how much he tried to talk to anybody, they couldn't hear him. They couldn't see him. But all they could do was smell him. 
Philip had been a resident of the cinema for many, many years. In fact, when he first transitioned from living to ghost, the building had been a theatre. His previous demise all those years ago had been quick and painless, but it had absolutely nothing to do with gravy. He had thought for a long time that if he had perished in some industrial gravy accident, then that would be fair enough. It would be completely understandable for him to smell of gravy. But he hadn't. He'd never been around more gravy than what was normal for people. Having it occasionally, seeing it occasionally, making it occasionally, but never being around so much that it became an integral part of him. It was a mystery that had troubled him for quite a while at first. But after spending years almost obsessing about it, he realized that this was no way to spend the afterlife. He could be doing anything. So he stopped worrying about it so much decided that some mysteries are there to remain unsolved, and he just got on with being a ghost. When the building had been a theatre, Philip had seen many plays over the years. Some good, some bad, some quite confusing. It had taken him probably decades to fully understand Shakespeare. It's the kind of thing that, to the layperson, you really need some kind of book that explains exactly what's going on and what certain words mean. Which is something that Unfortunately, Philip could never pick up and look at. Over the years, though, enough other people had been watching Shakespeare plays for him to be able to hang around them and either read books over their shoulder or listen to the conversations they were having where one person would explain the significance of various things to somebody else. Despite his gradual gaining of knowledge of Shakespearean plays and contexts, they never really appealed to him. He could see the 
merit in them, but they weren't really for him. He was much happier when the public's taste for musicals started. He liked the songs and he liked the dances. And the plots were never overly complex. But the biggest change came when the building that he had grown to call home stopped being a theatre and became a cinema. He really liked movies. He had seen all of the classics. He'd seen some things that were terrible but still enjoyed. Some things he had watched over and over again. And some things he never wanted to watch again. But those were few and far between. It would really take quite a lot for Philip to move himself out of the room because his enjoyment of a film was so low. But for the most part, he liked all movies. Through them, he was able to see the world from a million different points of view, experience things that he could never experience. He really enjoyed it. But unfortunately, the comments that had been made by Rachel and Mara were the straw that broke the camel's back. For decades, he had been used to people complaining about the smell of gravy. The staff at the cinema spent an awful lot of money going around and trying to find the root cause of the brothy aroma. But of course, they could find nothing because they didn't know they were looking for a ghost. They thought they were looking for some gravy. After all, that was the only thing that made sense. It felt bad at the time and money that had been spent trying to track down his smell. But after all, he knew that it wasn't his fault. If he could choose to not smell... He would take it a thousand times over. Unfortunately, that deal was never on the table. So he just had to sit there and feel a little bit guilty. The thing that had really started to get to him was, however, people coming to the cinema smelling him 
and then not having a great time at the cinema because his scent was so distracting. He knew how much watching films meant to him and he hated the idea that his presence was ruining the enjoyment of others. And so when Rachel and Mara had discussed his smell, he knew the time was right. He had to find somewhere else to spend his time. Philip sighed as he looked around. He knew he could come back at any time he wanted. But he thought it was probably for the best that he now only visited the cinema and it was quiet and he could position himself a bit of a distance away from anybody else. He sighed as he passed through the rows of chairs. He slowly made his way to the door at the back of the room. He floated down the long corridor. He floated down a flight of stairs. He floated across the main lobby for the cinema, which, as always at this time of day, was filled with people, couples on dates, families, groups of teenagers, groups of old people. It had always struck Philip as Quite a nice thing that the cinema was really for everybody. No matter who you were or what age you were, the chances were that there was probably something on that you could enjoy. He floated towards the large glass doors that separated the inside of the cinema from the outside world. When he had first become a ghost, he had explored the world around him. He wanted to test out what the limitations of being a ghost were. So he had travelled for quite a while, floated his way around the country, onto boats, onto ships, made his way around the world. He'd seen a lot. He'd made some friends with some other ghosts, but after a while, he felt the need to return home 
and the home that he had decided was his home was the cinema. As he floated out into the daylight, he made his way into the middle of a busy road. Cars passed through him. Motorcyclists also passed through him. He looked around and tried to get his bearings. It had been quite a while since he had been outside, and a lot had changed. All the vehicles were different. The buildings also looked different. Some were new, some were old. Some that he remembered from his last journey outside were no longer there. He had found that the real world had been documented fairly accurately in cinema. Sure, he knew that everything was heightened in works of fiction. But he knew enough that nothing really took him by surprise. He floated down the road for a little while. Then, after getting a little bit annoyed about motorized vehicles passing through him, he decided he would stick to the pavement. He made his way past shop after shop, weaving his way in between people. Looking around, trying to find some inspiration where he could go. After a while, he decided to stop for a moment and have a bit of a think. He found a bit of an alcove in a wall where he positioned himself so he wouldn't be in the way of anybody. Not that he could really be in the way of anybody. But it still felt a little bit more polite than just standing in the middle of a footpath. He thought about some of the places that he had seen in films over the years. He knew there was a number of places that he would quite like to visit. Places that had things that he could see or experience. So he thought a bit. And after a while, 
one specific thought hit him. Ah, he said. I know exactly where I want to go. So he floated out of his alcove, made his way towards a bus stop, inspected the schedule on the bus stop, then waited a little bit for a bus to arrive. Eventually it did, so he floated onto the bus and took a seat right at the very front. The driver could clearly smell gravy, that was just assuming that it was coming from somewhere outside, and he didn't say anything, so Philip was happy about that. The bus pulled off and began driving down the busy streets of the city centre. Passengers would get on and passengers would get off. But after a while, Philip began to see the signposts indicating the destination that he wished to go to. And after a little while longer, Philip could see the place where he needed to disembark the bus. He waited to see if anybody else was going to be leaving the bus at this place. they weren't, so Philip had to wait until the bus was close to where he wanted to go, and he just passed himself through the wall of the bus, and then he was outside of the bus. He looked around at his new location. He couldn't see anything indicating that he was in the right place, apart from a single sign with an arrow pointing to somewhere in between a row of houses. It was quite a small road, and he suspected that this wasn't really the main entrance or the place that he was visiting, but rather a service road of some description. He floated down the road, and as he got closer, he knew that he was in the right place. He could hear the sound of what almost sounded like the sea. Waves crashing against a beach 
He knew it wasn't the sea. It was something slightly more exciting. After floating for a little bit further, he reached a gate. So he floated through the gate. Then he was at a very large car park. There were lots of cars parked there. And luckily the way for him to go was now very clearly signposted. So he floated his way in between all the cars, following the signs, following even more signs, going down path after path, around a few crowds of people, past some ticket booths, and then Philip was there. He was in a theme park. He floated over to a large map that indicated everything that the park had to offer. He'd always been interested to go on a roller coaster. So that's what he did first. Being a ghost meant that he could bypass all queues. He made his way around all of the people patiently waiting. And before long, he found himself at the loading section where people clamber into the seating of the roller coaster before the roller coaster departs. He stood there for a little bit. He felt a bit bad about just turning up and going straight on something when all of the living people must wait patiently quite a while sometimes. So he just floated watched the roller coaster carts come and go until enough time had passed where he decided okay i'm going to go on this now he waited for all of the people to sit in the seats and then found one that was unoccupied. He probably could occupy the same seat on a roller coaster as a normal person, but he didn't want them to spend the whole time smelling gravy. Once he was in an unoccupied seat. He waited for the assistant person to lock the chest restraints into these standard positions. 
once this had happened. He knew that the roller coaster would be starting soon. So he sat there and placed his hands in the place that everybody else placed their hands on the handles on the chest restraints. He made sure to lock his form into the location on the roller coaster's seat. And then the roller coaster started. There was a steady incline at first, and then quite a steep incline. And then he was at the very top of the roller coaster. He was near the back of the roller coaster's train. And he could hear the people in front of him screaming with joy as they passed the apex of the peak. And then they all started to move forward and down. The roller coaster did all of the exciting things that he'd seen roller coasters do in movies. There were big drops, loops, twists and turns. It was very exciting. It was so exciting that Philip decided to have a few more goes on it. So that's exactly what he did. Each time he would get out of the seat, wait for a spare seat, and then occupy it, and then go around. After that, he decided to go on some of the other rides and attractions. He went on a log flume, went on the river rapids, did some different roller coasters, sat in some teacups. He had a wonderful time. Eventually, Philip thought that he'd probably got the most out of this that he was going to get out of it for the day. So he decided it was probably time to leave. And after all, the park was probably going to be closing soon anyway. So he left. He returned to the city in pretty much the same way that he had left it. It was a different bus and he took a slightly different route to find a bus. But after a while, he was back in the city centre. Well, he said to himself, 
That was fun. But now, I need to find somewhere to go. So he floated around a little bit longer. Down street, after street, until eventually, he saw somewhere. Gosh, he said. Why didn't I think of going here before? He floated back and had a look, a proper look, at the outside of the new place that he may decide to call home. Hmm, he said. This looks okay. And so Philip floated towards and then floated inside a steakhouse. As he floated around, he had a look at everything, all of the people who were there. Sure, he did feel a little bit foolish about not going into a steakhouse before. It was the perfect place for him. It already smelt of gravy. He floated around in between table and table. Made his way into the kitchen just to have a look to see what was going on in there. Until he found a nice table in a dark corner of the restaurant. It was near a door to a bathroom, and it was clear it wasn't really the kind of seating that anybody would choose to sit at, except on times when they were maybe at full capacity, probably. So Philip decided to sit there. He sat at the table on the chair that was surprisingly comfortable. Just sat and watched people coming and going. He listened to their conversations. He laughed at their jokes. And he had quite a nice time. After a while, two new people had entered the steakhouse. It was the two women from the cinema. Philip stood up as they were being brought to their table, and they ended up walking straight past him. As they did, they both stopped walking and took in a deep breath. Oh no, thought Philip. They're going to think that strange gravy smell is following them. But Rachel and Mara both turned to each other, smiled and said in unison, Wow, 
That smells delicious. I'm so glad we came here. And then they laughed because they had both said something very long and specific at exactly the same time. And then they carried on to their table. Philip smiled as he sat back down. He would definitely go to the cinema quite frequently. But for now, he felt like he had found somewhere that he really belonged. the end of today's story. As always, thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard, follow, subscribe, and leave a review. Or maybe even tell a friend. But whatever you decide to do, don't do it now. Because you probably should just go to sleep. So until next time, sleep well. Good night.